As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the TIFO Football Podcast. I'm Joe Devine and I'm delighted to be joined by John McKenzie. Hello. Hello. JJ Bull the Bullard. Yes. Hey, yes, indeed. Now, plenty going on today to discuss. We were briefly joined by the elusive Sebastian Stafford Bloor all the way from uh, Deutschland today. He walks us through the breaking news of this morning regarding Manchester City and uh, the Premier League and all that kind of fun stuff. So we talk about that to kick the episode off, joined by Seb just for five minutes. Then he departs back to his uh, busy bunker of work. And I continue here with John and JJ to discuss... Is Pepper Tweaker. That's one thing. That's what Steve's written in the plan there. <laughs> I didn't say that. He said that. But of course he's referring to tactical tweaks as a coach because Manchester City did lose to Spurs on Sunday. And Pep... Ah, that bit was cut out. But let's talk about instead Everton and Arsenal. We do. Uh, the cost of living. Yeah, we talk about the cost of living, but not in a serious way. I've made it sound serious. Actually, we talk about it in a way... That's almost unserious and potentially offensive now I've set it up as that. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, which animals have or haven't been to space? (laughs) (laughs) That was my favourite bit. How would you rate this episode overall? I mean, but incidentally, for people listening and watching, we record the intro at the end, so we know everything that's about to happen. And what would you, if you were giving an honest reflection to listeners now... Thinking about the the number of quality podcasts out there and the short amount of time that people have in their day to day lives, entire lives, yeah. Would you? How much longer would you advise that people listen for? I think life is so short, mm. and you should enjoy all of it. And that if you have other things you need to do, then do them. This is a good time to do them. This is good, isn't it? This is this is real. real you should definitely keep listening. It's r- real definitely insight worth into, it. What about you, Steve? I think we all have off days. Today yeah. was one of yours. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have off days and want to get better and have a much better day, well, I'll tell you what you should do. You should go to The Athletic. Theathletic.com. Yeah, forward, slash com. forward slash TIFO. Yeah, forward slash TIFO. And then you can get a, some sort of deal where yeah. they sneak you in to, to read the thing. Yeah. And you like it. 
all articles on football. Lots more analysis than you might find on certain uh, podcasts <laughs> today. That's right. But it's all very informed, very well written, very well reported. They've got all sources. Ooh, what you? Those are the things you could find out. You could learn about Man City's FFP stuff. You can do that. Even though Seb tells us. Arguably, if I'd read any of it today, this would have been a better episode, wouldn't it? Yeah, I read lots. There's yeah. lots of good stuff on there. But yeah, you, you can do that for free. Yeah. A free trial. Well, there we go. Stick around if you want to learn more about which animals went to space. Uh, but if you want to listen to a football podcast, John was on the Totally Football Show <laughs> that went out yesterday. So you can enjoy that if you want to. Um, is there anything else I need to say? No, I think we're good. I will leave you then in the warm hands and the cool... The cool embrace of John McKenzie. Oh, no, it's Seb Stafford-Blaw. Seb Stafford-Blaw. Of Seb Stafford-Blaw. Easily the worst podcast we've done. <laughs> <laughs> Seb Stafford-Bloor, thanks for uh, joining us today. So good to see you. I should say guten tag. Guten Nachmittag, Herr Devine. It's now afternoon. Yes, there we go. That's that's true, isn't it? Fine. Listen, we've drafted you in to tell us a little bit about what's happening with Manchester City. It's worth pointing out the news has broken very recently, so it's fresh for us, even if you're uh, listening to this on the following day. There may be more information available, but as it stands, Seb... I believe the Premier League has referred a series of alleged breaches of financial rules by Manchester City to an independent commission. What, what, what am I saying? The outline of that is completely right, Joe, but um, not just some breaches. So the Premier League has referred 100 breaches of its financial rules over a nine-year period to an independent commission. To simplify, now you, you can read the, sort of the, the full account of this on the Premier League's website, but um, this roughly breaks down to sort of four different sections. So... The breaches relate to the reporting of commercial revenue, managerial remuneration, which is kind of self-evident, and player remuneration. In addition to which, the Premier League also alleges that uh, the Manchester City have not cooperated fully with the investigation. And that's an investigation which has gone on for a really long time. So it started, I think, close to five years ago now, back in 2018. And I think it's one of those where a lot of people kind of just forgot about it and just thought it sort of quietly died and gone away. But not so. And as a sort of scene setter, I think it's worth saying that not a lot is probably going to happen quickly. Um, if you remember the previous Manchester City versus UEFA clash back in 2020, obviously um, the legal proceedings become a bit protracted. They go away in quiet and then eventually one day you hear a judgment come through. And I suspect this will be an even more elongated version of that. So um, buckle up, I think. Okay. But they can't. So last time, when it was um, when they were competing against UEFA, I say competing like it's a game. It did have that feeling, didn't it? Uh, competing against UEFA, they um, they took it to to the court, court of arbitration for sport, which they can't do in this situation. Is that right? No, I, I don't think so. So obviously, what happened before is UEFA handed down a judgment and a two year ban from the Champions League, and then Manchester City appealed that verdict to CAS, uh, Court of Arbitration for Sport. And they overruled it. This time, it's worth stressing, Joe, this is unprecedented. that This hasn't happened really before. I don't think I've ever read a statement from the Premier League quite like it. And I don't think anybody has. I think there's a sort of image of the Premier League as a, a little bit of a kind of, um, you know, a soft treading organisation. And, yeah, this is quite unlike any other statement they've issued. Also, it's not really worth speculating what may happen next just because 
because it's the Premier League and because it's being led by the Premier League, list of punishments, sanctions, no one can really have any idea. Premier League can kind of do what it wants mm. in that respect because um, they own the ball court in this instance. So I don't know. And, and people speculating on Twitter, there's no one has any idea. Nothing like this has happened. Also, the length of the investigation is unprecedented. Ordinarily in this kind of situation, well, there isn't really an ordinarily, but we're used to kind of, you know, situations like Middlesbrough back in the 90s when they didn't fulfill a fixture. You had a kind of court hearing and a three-point point deduction. And then, you know, that was all assessed within the same, se- uh, same season and Borough went down. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be far more complicated. Obviously, the legal resources of clubs who the Premier League attempts to punish are far greater than they were 20, 30 years ago. And um, actually, it's worth, while, while we're here, it's worth reading City's statement in response because it's just been issued. And it kind of uh, kind of characterises their mood and their defiance. And City is surprised by the issuing of these alleged breaches of the Premier League rules, particularly given the extensive engagement and vast amount of detailed materials that the EPL has been provided with. The club welcomes a review of this matter by an independent commission to impartially consider the comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence that exists in support of its position. As such, we look forward to this matter being put to rest once and for all. So they don't agree. I like I like that bit of it. I like the bit where they say we welcome uh, <laughs> we welcome the other people <laughs> investigating us. Seb um, Stafford, thanks for joining us. We bid you uh, Alfida Sane back to my Mac is trying to update. Give me one moment while I say goodbye to you. Please update in one day. And Seb, please also you update in one day. Update me on the Man City story. Well, that was uh, Seb Stafford Bloor. Now let's discuss Seb Stafford Ball. Because, of course, if you thought things weren't going well for Manchester City off the pitch, I don't know why you'd think that, but they also didn't go that well for them on the pitch, a.k.a. Tottenham Hotspur 1. Nil Manchester City, John. Now, what on earth happened there? Also, Harry Kane broke a goal-scoring record. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to distinguish between two things one of the things is that Spurs haven't been in great form recently but the other thing is is that Spurs have actually caused a lot of problems for Man City at home I think it was 80 (laughs) (laughs) sorry go on we haven't got time to waste (laughs) it's you no John we haven't got time I think it was 80 (laughs) okay no Steve Hankey uh, it's worth saying at this point, uh, producer of the podcast, you are supposed to be the person to step in to stop this kind of nonsense. Um, we've got, I've got a hard out today. We have to finish in 45 minutes. So I will give you a task. Three, you get three speed ups today. <laughs> you have to be careful right. when you use them because if you use one in the wrong place, we're not going to respect you. Okay, we won't respect that authority. But you've got three. So pick when to use them. If, and maybe it's when, I don't know, John's going on too long or maybe it's when, you know, JJ's making a mockery of uh, the situation or maybe it's it's when, when you're John's doing going on too like long. This, yeah. How do you want me to signal? I want you to just get on the mic and go speed up. Okay. Yeah, or cool. move on. Or, you know, maybe be creative cool. with it, yeah? Okay. I mean, this is a good example of speed when up. it could be used. That's number one. It's gone. You've got two left. Okay, John. What, what, what happened with Man City? Do you want me to start from the beginning of that? Or do you want me to just jump in? Oh, this is all live now. So whatever you say is going to go in the podcast. We don't have time to edit this. This has got a goal, no, goal, there's goal. No time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I think we have to distinguish two different moments here. I think the first one... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, come on. Because, listen, Tottenham Hotspur don't beat Man City 1-0 every day, or do they? Bit of a bogey team, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's been interesting that the last five games that Manchester City have played at Spurs' new stadium, they've actually not managed to win. They've not actually even managed to score. They've taken 84 shots and not managed to pull off any kind of... Uh, mm. 
goal, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but the, uh, uh, you need to distinguish that from what, what has been happening in those games because I think... Pull off a goal. <laughs> I think Spurs are exactly the sort of team that are going to cause a team like Manchester City problems because they're very good at, at um, being defensive and then expanding at speed. And so, and this is this is what happened. This is what happened in the game mm. yesterday. They managed. Uh, well, actually, they they didn't manage to score a goal on the break, but they did generate a lot of chances on the break as well. <laughs> It's hard when people are making plays. It's so, it's so hard. John, I think you've done a terrific job. JJ, I mean, we'll come back to talk about Spurs a little bit more and Harry Kane specifically, but, you know, it's, it's an often sort of a levied criticism at Guardiola. He does a lot of tweaking. I've heard you sort of defend that a lot in the past and talk about why, why it makes sense. Would you... Which I assume you would like to uh, take the opportunity to do that now. I mean, these sorts of results happen, don't they? Well, I, yeah, they do. It's a mistake that they let the goal in. And the way that Man City play suits the way Spurs play. They want to sit mm. back and hit on the counter, which leaves yeah. space in behind. He changed the system a little bit, I think, for this game, specifically to deal with some of the things that Spurs are trying to do. And I think it's interesting when you look at how City line up, because on the, the team lineups, they often don't seem to make sense, because no, you've got yeah. players like Rico Lewis and Kyle Walker, who you both think are right-backs. But this is the thing that Guardiola's... Teams don't have a set formation. They just have players in different positions all over the pitch. Yeah. I'm immune to this, it turns out. What my face yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm Normally to, it would break me. I'm trying to trip him up. But yeah. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm a real pro. Well, what you're saying is interesting as well. Well, so for example, like Rico Lewis, right, is both a midfielder and a right back. It just depends on where he is and where the ball is and where teammates are at certain times. So like, at one point they might have one defender. They might have two. They might have three. They might have four. It doesn't really matter. Then you've got Julian Alvarez, who looks like he's playing as... A forward if you put them in a four four two, but it's actually more like a three one four two, but also it's a three mm. one five one. It just, the the numbers don't matter, as Guardiola said like lots of times. But when you try and play without the tempo that you needed and you can't get the passes through against a team like Spurs, we're going to drop deep and deny you the opportunity to do that. The the games grind down, and I thought Spurs looked quite good in that they were able to play the way they wanted to, and City didn't really create. There's a that same narrative with Erling Holland going on where. They're not playing the passes early enough to fire him in to where he would want to go. Uh, Bernardo Silva's quite guilty of that. He like, does that a lot. And it might be because, like John did in a video we've got up on Tifo IRL about why City want to make sure the rest defence is in the right positions to make sure they can't be counterattacked, that they're not making that early pass. They want to play the extra pass to try and get them up to the pitch in the right positions to be able to control the game. But then they're still not making use of him in certain situations now. Mm. It is interesting to work out whether it is determined by the manager that's what they're doing or because players are doing it in a certain way I'd imagine it's a lot to do with the manager yeah it's quite frustrating to watch I always think because it always feels like City play at quite a slow tempo and if you compare them to for example Arsenal who play in a very stylistically similar way with Arsenal it feels as though they are much better at having those quick transitional Mm. moments I mean City do do them you've got Kevin De Bruyne who's probably one of the best transitional like passers of the ball so carry the ball get to a decent situation and then and then play the ball in behind. But with Arsenal, it feels as though they're much better set up for those kind of things, and they get a lot of joy in it. Whereas with City, it's always the case that they're going to be more patient. They're always never going to do anything too risky. Mm. And that's that's always going to be the, the the payoff at the end of the day. It's going to be, do you want to protect the ball and stop teams from countering on you? Because the whole thing about the way that Pep Guardiola plays football is how can I get as many players into dangerous positions without compromising on 
the defensive aspect of that. Yeah. And uh, I think he's he's never going to give that up. If you start spamming the ball into the box to someone like Erling Haaland, you're, yes, generating more chances to score, but you're also generating more chances for the opposition to get the ball and counter on you. And, you know, this is what happened in, in, in the game against Spurs was they weren't good enough in those moments where those transitional attacks happened. And it, it, it seems to be leading them to problems this season. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it's one of the... It's, it's similar to what's going on with Liverpool, right? As soon as a little thing goes wrong, it can have uh, really massive implications on the rest of the way that your game is structured. Yeah, okay. I think the consistency in starting lineups can help you as well. One of the best things Arsenal done is kept mostly the same team every single week, whereas City deliberately don't do that. Lots of the same subs as well. Like I've noticed yeah. that Tomiyasu has, um, has been subbed on uh, what's his name? Ben White. Ben White, like at roughly the same time in a few games in a row, right? So even if that's not consistency at the beginning of the game, it is a form of consistency throughout. Yeah, maybe to be part of. They know how much running Benjamin White has got in him. Yeah, Benjamin White. Yeah, yeah. we should I always forget to, to do. do I always forget to call him Benjamin White. Yeah, he wants to be called Benjamin. It's just longer, isn't it? I've got to so, get it in my head. And he's a footballer. Should be called something like Benzi. Or Benzo. Yeah. You know, you have to have a, a two-syllable name. You can't be... You, because you already have a nickname, JJ. Yeah, but it's not really a nickname, though. It's just that no one calls me anything different. Oh, I mean, it, is a, it is a nickname, because yeah. it's not your name. It and it's what is. people call you. Yeah. But, like, it is sort of my name. It's, I mean, sort of, but it's, I didn't not, choose the name. It, it's not your name on your passport. No. Does anyone That's... call you by your given name? Uh, yeah, some of my closest friends do because they think it's funny. And But no one, seriously. Um, the police will never have committed a crime. <laughs> what crimes have you committed? Did you kill the wrong pet? Murder. Murder, yeah. <laughs> Speed up. Speed up. Oh. <laughs> He's, God, he's going through him quick, isn't he? He's only got one left. You've only got one left, Steve. Yeah, I think he's Fine. gone too hard too early here. Well, yeah, he has gone have. far too hard too early. I could have riffed on that for ages. Let's speed up, though. <laughs> Rico Lewis, tell me about Rico Lewis before we chat about Spurs. I, we will chat about Spurs, but before we chat about Spurs, tell me about uh, Rico Lewis. Oh, no, don't do that. I've got something to tell you first, John. You were saying before that they didn't really generate many chances in this game. Holland didn't register a single shot in this game and, uh, and also Manchester City have lost their last three away games in all competitions so looking for something a bit more promising I suppose tell me about Rico Lewis yeah Rico Lewis is an interesting guy because uh, we've talked about him in the past that he is playing that inverted fullback role but he almost starts in that inverted role and then moves out in defensive phases mm. we saw in the game yesterday that he was actually playing on the other side of the double pivot to the side he usually plays plays. you'd expect him to be on the right because he drops into the right back area but City were playing Carl Walker so they didn't need him to drop into that area he was dropping into the left hand side which I thought was interesting because I guess if you're only dropping in in defensive phases it's not that important in the build up for you to be strong side footed if you're going to mm. invert in possession a lot of people will have said that Pep was was tinkering too much with, with this approach but I think it's a bit unfair on Pep because I th- I think his genius is that he is one of those managers who is going to be able to problem solve in the way that he does with different structures and different ideas of plays in different unusual um, situations. And for the most part, it works. And when that happens, people are like, yeah, well, it's, it's Man City, isn't it? They're the, one of the best teams in, in Europe, in the world. They spend a lot of money, etc. But when it doesn't work, people say, oh, here he is tinkering again. Mm. Um, so Heavy hangs the crown. Heavy hangs the crown indeed of the yeah. tinkerer. Yeah. Tinkerer, tailor, soldier, spy. Tinkerer, tailor, soldier, spy, crown. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Spurs though. Uh, Harry Kane uh, broke the Spurs record of goals. He's, he scored the most of goals for Spurs now. Um, do you think that's an impressive feat, JJ? Yes, uh, it's a good uh, scoring record for the man. Yeah. 
the man was a plan. Also, given when you think like how late he blossomed yeah. as a player, he's done well, hasn't he? The number of clubs he was on loan at, and everyone. I remember Uncle Damien saying he watched him at Norwich and was like, Meh. "It's fine." I once like, saw him saw Crystal Palace play Leicester City yeah. before they were both in the Premier League. Which one did, was he at? He was at Leicester, Leicester. Yeah, and he he was on the bench. Chris Wood started, and the replacements for Chris Wood were Jamie Vardy and Harry Kane. <laughs> He didn't even make it on the pitch, I don't think, that day. Maybe he did, but I can't remember. But yeah. yeah. King's got that um absolute elite clinicalness, clinicality. I don't know what the word is. Clinicism. 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 Like he's got that thing that like I don't associate with um or English or British footballers. Yeah. Like the elite ones are the ones that do these things where you shouldn't be able to always hit the bottom corner right. no matter where you are. But he does. But he does. And so yeah. he's it's weird because I don't know. It's, it's like watching an expert rapper present and thinking like how how mm. do you do that every time? Because like he's like quite unglamorous. I think this is part mm. of it as well. You want your superstars to be these massive stars. Yeah. Where like Messi just is and Ronaldo was yeah. and I don't know, like, everyone's got their own little special things, but Kane is just a nice man. I agree. He's unassuming. And actually, the th- one of the things I like about him the most is when he really thunderbolts the ball, I'm always a bit surprised at how hard he can kick it. You know yeah. what I Because mean? he's quite unassuming as a player. He's really strong. He's very devious. Like, mm. He's a little weasel a lot of the time. Yeah. He'll, he'll bring the foul on, go down. His link-up play is very good. He drops deep a lot. We know that. He's done that for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I watched a video yesterday about, about otters and how aggressive they are. <laughs> and I watched an otter um, escape a uh, tiger and then attack it. And I watched an otter and its mates chase away a crocodile, a massive crocodile. Do you know about sea otters? Sea, oh, they're, they're the bigger ones, right? They're, 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 they're the, the nice the story sea. about them. Is that they, yeah. they hold hands when they're sleeping so they drift away from each other? Yeah, that's very nice, isn't it? Nice, yeah. That's very nice. It was important to keep those you love close mm. to yourself. Yeah. Much like how Spurs players stayed hand in hand in a defensive shape yeah. to prevent Man City getting through them. Well, how did they do this? Because it's, things have not been going that well for Spurs. Oh, we should also say, um, I've heard, heard other people say this on a couple of other podcasts as well, but uh, Antonio Conte taking a little bit of time away to recover from a medical procedure. Had a rough year, apparently. Didn't, didn't really know any of that, but... There we go. A couple of other. There's had a couple of, of people close too. to him die. Yeah, and yeah. A gallbladder operation, which isn't fun. Sounds shit, doesn't it? Sounds awful. Yeah. Well, but, all the best, Antonio. But uh, they really did it in his uh, in his absence. Absence. How did they do it in his absence? A bit of what I was saying earlier, where they were able to let City control the ball and play the way they wanted to, then hit them on the break. And then they would press high when they had the opportunity to do it. And then City were a bit loose with their passing. So when I was saying earlier about the, the consistency in starting lineups, I think although like the tinkering that Guardiola's gone on about, how he's changing different players and different systems, it might work if they're doing it every single week. But you've got different players coming in and out. You'll get young players make mistakes. Like Lewis will do it while he's young. That's what young players do. Rodri, uncharacteristic error, passing the ball to a player that shouldn't have been passed to because he had a player on his shoulder, Hoiberg, who always does that. They would have known he does that. In training, they would have told him not to do that, that exact pass. Because that's where they... I've seen the Spurs do that a few times a season even. Like Hoiberg steals it and then turns that into a goal. And then it's just making sure that City can't score. And like City weren't playing the passes they could have done to Holland. Um, Romero was making sure... Like, he got sent off, but like early on... <laughs> this is why I like players like Romero. For no reason whatsoever, he followed Holland all the way into the City half and yeah. like reduced him with his slide tackle... The, a, the reducer. Romero, it's a classic. Reducer. Let him know you're there, but yeah. he'll like he'll have known now. Like oh, I don't want to mess with that guy. I think he's everyone knows Romero's there, even if yeah. they haven't played him. You know, they've heard he's there. His reputation. He and him getting sent off is quite good because it's like you know that he doesn't mind getting 
Sure. Like, no, if you'll wipe out Grealish and you'll yeah. make sure that Holland doesn't want to go near him. Yeah. And then I wonder, I've not watched it back to be able to see, but I wonder if Holland's trying to stay away from him after that. I bet not. He's a big lad. Probably not. Yeah. Hey, here's before we move on and talk about something else, a little get guessing game for you. Harry Kane went on four loans from Tottenham. We've already heard two of them. If you're looking at this in the plan, don't, I'm not don't play at, the game. I'm not looking at it. We've already heard two of them, Norwich and Leicester. They were the, 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 the three and four of the fourth. Uh, guesses for the other two teams that he went on loan to. Leighton Orient. Yes, and he was Mil- at Leighton Orient Millwall. first. And Millwall, that wasn't a very fun game because the game was over almost straight away, wasn't it? Let's go for a break in that Can case. Can we talk about Spurs pressing a little bit more? Um, Just a tiny bit more. What do you think, Steve? Yeah. I was just going to say that we talked... It better be in, good now, though. We because... talked about in previous podcasts about how hmm. one of the problems Spurs had was that they didn't really have a mid-block. They seemed to move between like having a high-pressing... Uh, moments and then sitting deeper in a low block and yeah. it just wasn't allowing them to actually control games very well but I thought this was a, a good example of them being able to control the game out of possession in a mid block which meant that they weren't in those situations where you know they just sort of end up drifting deeper and deep I think it happened towards the end of the, of the game when they got tired after about the 60 minute mark um, but it, it gives a really different complexion to the, the games that they're playing because when they do sit really deep, absorb pressure and then try and generate that space to, to attack in the counter-attacks, I think that they look like they're just under the cosh for a long time. Mm. Whereas now that they're pushing out a little bit more into a, into a mid-bot phase, it, it doesn't give the impression that they are just comp- getting completely walked over by teams and I wonder whether or not that's changing people's impression of what's going on. Yeah, no, that, that is interesting. Okay, fine. Listen, let's go to a break and when we come back, we'll discuss more Spurs. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Hello there, I'm Danny Kelly, host of The View from the Lane, the Athletics' dedicated Tottenham Hotspur podcast. If you'd like to relive that proper Spursy win, uh, join myself, Jack Pitbrook, James Moore and Tim Spears, where we'll pay due tribute to Harry Kane, the club's new record goalscorer and the scourge of Pep Guardiola yet again. Just search for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your pods and you'll be able to find that episode on Monday afternoon. Uh, what a break that was. Let's talk more about Spurs. Now, I want to talk about Spurs. Gang, because on transfer deadline day, Matt Doherty was about to go on, it seemed like, on loan to Atletico Madrid, right? But then he didn't go on loan. He went on a, on a kind of a full. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> he went on a full because uh, Tottenham and Matt Doherty mutually agreed to end early his contract to terminate it for him to join Atletico Madrid on, on a free transfer when he still had... What was it, 18 months left in his contract? Yeah. 12 months left, something like that. 12 or 18 months left. Uh, That was a bit confusing. And it seems as though the reason that that is the case is because Tottenham already have used up 
all of their international loan spots. So here's, here's a list, John, of Spurs players currently out on loan. See if this sounds familiar to you. Uh, Sergio Reguillon, Harry Winks, Brian Hill, Giovanni Lo Celso. We've got Joe Rodon, Jed Spence, Tanguy Ndombele, Harvey White and Destiny Udoji all out on loan already. Joe now, Rogan. Joe Rogan, yeah. And like, while he's on loan with Spotify, everyone else is on loan at a football club. And I think the, the point to make here right, is that there's a couple of players on that list. You could make the argument they're developmental loans. The rest of them appear to be players that at one point or another were bought in with the idea of them being integrated into the first team. And they, for a, a number of reasons, as opposed to it just being the wrong player or whatever, have not worked out. Yeah, there's a few things here, like Harry Winks obviously being sent out on loan later on in his career. That's not going to be developmental as well. So questions to be raised about whether or not they should just move players like that on. Uh, but yeah, if you run through the list, so Sergio Regalon was brought in to be a, a starting 11 player. Brian Hill was brought in to be a starting 11 player. Giov- Giovanni Lo Celso, Tanguy Ndombele, who is Tanguy Ndombele? the record signing that they made so they spent a lot of money on him I um, remember it was 50 million wasn't it, it was, yeah it was a Something lot like that. Um, Jed Spence as well who obviously is a different type of player which I think is again they brought in players who they think will increase in value in the future yeah. but the manager doesn't like them and so they're in this situation where like we've got this player that we wanted to develop and, and maybe make money off yeah. um, or raise his value and we can't do that because we can't play him so we're going to send him out on loan as well so yes. it, yeah it points to I guess to an extent like a lack of planning in, in how you're structuring your squad but I think also like the the bigger point here is that there's now so much money in the Premier League. Play the mm. teams can buy players, even almost sur- surplus to requirement, and then think about how they're going to use them later on. And this is, I, I think, probably going to become a bit of a problem as as time goes on with Premier League. The Premier League becoming a de facto. European Super League in well, that sense. I think that's the interesting part of it, isn't it? Because JJ Bill, we often talk about the positive sides of the of the Premier League becoming the de facto de facto Super League, you said. That's what you said, wasn't it? That's what the I said. De yeah. facto I like Super to say League. de facto, yes. Yeah, I've heard you say that numerous times. Yeah. <laughs> we often talk about the positive sides uh, of that. And we you know, we've kind of marvelled over the last couple of years about smaller teams in the Premier League competing for uh, transfers with Atletico Madrid, for example, seems insane, doesn't it? Is the downside that if the players don't really work out in the first team, A, like if you get relegated, that's a bit troubling, and B, you can't really sell them because no one anywhere else can afford to pay their wages or buy them apart from another Premier League club? Yes. Yeah, exactly my thoughts as well. Thanks, JJ. And Dombele is the uh, record signing for Spurs. F- 50 Even mil? Bl- 60 million 60. euros. Was it? Oh, euros. Yeah. You so. and your special currency. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Not my currency, because I support Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid idea that was. Bre- Brexit didn't. Main, main move us to the European currency though did it that's so. right because if we hadn't have they would have had us having their money too <laughs> do you know how the Premier League becomes the Super League where all the players go because yeah. they all want to go to the nice hot countries like the nice places like yeah like Barcelona. Norway oh sorry Spain yeah. yes, yes Norway. exactly yeah. I was thinking of a nice hot country like Iceland <laughs> yeah go on though well, um, no, I mean, that's they would want to then choose. Oh, then they'd the want to go in the, ni- yeah, the nicest places to live. Which is probably London. What do you it? think that is? People talk about that all the time, don't they, with footballers? You know, like, do they choose a Manchester team over a London team? And then I guess I've heard players say before it's kind of um, a time of their life thing. Like, if they're a bit older, maybe they do prefer 
a Manchester club. You get to live out in lovely Cheshire yeah. and you have raised family, all the rest of it. If you're a younger player, maybe you want to be in a club that's near a city centre so you can not be allowed to go out ever, but you theoretically could do. Or somewhere <laughs> next to an airport where you can keep flying back home and yeah, you want to do that near sort an of airport. thing. Yeah. 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 But then there's a thing with like all life, isn't it? Is that as globalisation uh, reaches its <laughs> yeah, I it's can't wait to hear what you're going to say. slipping into English. Well, everywhere is the same now because, like, every That's city you go to, it's got all the same shops and the pubs are all exactly yeah. the same. And then, what's the difference? You've got a beach in them that are nice. I watched in. I'll the tell most, you what's uh, the difference. It's more expensive to live in London yeah. than it is in the north, and they've got that money. Yeah. No, you know, I was going to say. Um, funny actually let's talk about that i was talking to john last night and i was saying like oh isn't it like thinking i was reflecting on john's on john's uh, uh, last year and thinking isn't it nice that john last year john was obviously fantastic just as fantastic as he is now but he didn't work at tifo and uh, you know let's be honest no one knew who he was and now now that you and i jj have lifted him up and put him on a little pedestal for everyone to go, oh, and point at. He's had a lovely year, hasn't he? I was saying to him last night, <laughs> do you do you find it weird that just tomorrow, you've been all, cas- been all casual about being on the Totally Football Show tomorrow. That's what I said to him. He's on the Totally Football Show in the morning. Isn't that exciting? A be- big podcast. You can listen to that, by the way, if you're bored of this one. <laughs> go and listen to John. They actually let him talk on there. Uh, he was allowed <laughs> to talk. And he was all, oh, it's no big, no big deal, no big deal. I said, come on. Don't you think you've come somewhere in the last year? You bit, said a bit of progress. Don't you think that your life is better now? Don't you think your life's better now? Yes. And you said no, it's not better. <laughs> you said you, you know, you used to bathe every day and go for miles of walks back in the day when you didn't have anything else I used to, to do. Read books. You read books, yeah. didn't you? you? Used to be an interesting person. You didn't have hundreds of people calling you every day. <laughs> yeah, it's it very different. You, you know, when you gave your bad Casemiro take, you didn't have to apologise publicly for it. That's you right. Know, yeah. Don't forget about what you said by the way I went to see The Darkness on Saturday well yeah. actually I saw three songs because I didn't know they were the support band to an awful band that yeah. I left you only saw the last three yeah oh. it was really annoying what's happened they to them are they like three? Are they just not... touring a bit they've got another album coming out at some point I love The Darkness Justin Hawkins got a good YouTube channel hasn't he yeah they're great a pint of Heineken was £8.60 yeah that's n- nuts that shouldn't be right that is a lot of money see that link I sent you how many animals do you think you could name that have gone to space without looking without at the looking at the link? Yeah. So this is from Discover Wildlife. Yeah, Ten animals well. that have gone. You know, to space. monkeys have been. Monkeys yeah. have been. They sent a dog to space. Like like yeah, was that dogs? Was like that the, the, name dog. Of the dog. I think they will have also sent mice to space. Yeah, they sent mice yeah, to space, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there insects on that list? There might be. I bet they sent spiders. They have. Yeah. They've sent spiders to space. Yeah. Did David yeah. Bowie go with them? No. Oh. But what I think would be funny is like they've sent they've sent frogs right yeah. as well. If an alien were to intercept this craft, he'd be like, what the fuck is this? Is it, is it called Noah's Ark or something? How, how is this frog? How is this? How did, how did you build this? Tell us your ways. <laughs> oh, it won't talk to us. We don't have the technology to communicate yeah. with, this, with this. Why can't we read its mind? It's almost as though nothing's happening. Yeah. No electrical uh, connectivity fish? there. That's like fish. a modern How the hell is a fish going to fly a rocket? They sent a fish to space. Yeah. How did they even keep the water? I assume they put it in like a goldfish a, bowl a and look in there and then it has the controls next to it and then it's got a brain plugged in so then it can control the, the rocket that way. Yeah. I really regret using two of my speeds up already. I know. <laughs> Part of me is wondering whether JJ's uh, trying to tempt you to get rid of your third oh, early. Just... Yeah, because I'm like, I, I want you to, to move on. Uh, well, I don't want to then like... Can you, can you give us a, the rest of the list? I'm quite interested. Yeah, let's listen to more Tortoises. Tortoises, really, yeah. very interesting. Again, yeah. again you intercept 
a, a rocket and you're an alien and you want to learn the secrets of the civilization and there's a tortoise inside it. Well, What's I mean, the plural of tortoise? Tortoise. 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 Well, I taught I was right when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if I was, though. Tortoises is... Yeah. It's a Greek word, clearly. Well, good shells, haven't they, tortoises? Mm. For, that's one of the best things about a tortoise. I'm going on the, the, shell. the tortoise etymology page. Yeah, let's find more about that. Oh, it's from French. It's from the French. Tortois. Tortue. Tortue. Tortuga. Old French, that is. Old Spanish French. is tortuga. Is it really? Tortuga. I'm trying to think of there's Greek sound that would be like tortoise. Late Middle in- English tortoise. Camels? What did you say? Well, no, they, they've got turtles in Greece, don't they? Oh, I don't know. Never been to Greece. Yeah. Never been to Greece. I speak a bit of Greek. Do bit. you? Yeah. Let's hear some. Melena uh, Tzaytzay. You have to say my name like that. Tzaytzay. Tzaytzay. What does that mean? My name's my JJ. Name's JJ. <laughs> I worked that Maresi way. Maresi Pizza. That's funny. Maresi Pizza. Say, Matheno Linica. Gary Lineker. I am learning oh. Greek. Ima Poscotia. I am from Scotland. It's nice. Yeah. Well, I used to be able to do more. I hope she was nice. I used to talk, I used to, <laughs> I used to talk in Greek to people. I was bored because it would be in the club. It would be so loud and they're all Greek. Yeah. So I learned it because I was bored and I didn't have to stand there on my own drinking <laughs> as many pints as I could to make it bearable. Can and I say, yeah. I, think I, I think we've all underestimated Steve. Yeah. I think we all thought Steve wouldn't have the guts to keep this bit going as long as possible. I he, wanted he, to he, test the waters. <laughs> he just is standing firm. I think I might have to move us on myself, mm. which d- feels wrong. I feel like we're losing the game. Yeah, he's he's on to you. He has won the game. Well, Arsenal, Everton, really, shouldn't we? Probably. I mean, is yeah, it, I don't know. Is that. it even time for that? Is it, it is time? Yeah, come on. We've got to that. talk about that. It's one of, if not the best performance. No, I just wondered if it's time for a break again, or is it not? It is. It is time for a break, yeah. My instinct Fine. was correct. Let's have a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Everton and Arsenal, which was another big surprise. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Yes, Everton won. Nil Arsenal. Tarkowski, 60-minute goal. Sean Dyche, welcome back to the Premier League. Um, what do you think of that one then, John? Is it, uh, have they, uh, you know, oh, I bet Spurs might be happy that they won on, oh, you know, hey? Eh? And now that's all out of the way. Um, what happened here? Yeah, I think it was a brilliant game of football. I think it was really impressive what Sean Dyche managed to do in a very short space of time. Mm. We expected him to come out in a full 4-2 because that's what he does, but he didn't. And he made you look a fool. He, he made us look fools. What he did is he pushed one of the forward players deeper, so he had three midfielders, went with a 4-5-1 mid-block approach, yeah. and it was a really aggressive mid-block approach. And the reason I think he did that was because he recognises that 
Arsenal are really good at generating space in the centre of the field. Mm. Um, they obviously have Zinchenko inverting a lot this season. They make a, a box midfield with Zinchenko and then Party and then the two eights further ahead. And they're just really good at manipulating teams around, pulling their midfielders forward and then creating space in there behind them to in between the, the midfield and the defence to exploit yeah. people um, should watch your excellent video about this on T4 yeah. that's very good yeah very good. Um, and yeah he, he instead of allowing that he just had his midfield dropping deeper and then situationally moving out so if the ball was on one side one midfielder would push forward and they would make a situational 4-4-2 on mm. that side and then if the ball was moved to the other side everyone would shift around and so you'd have the player closest to the ball then stepping up to whoever was on the ball mm. um forced Arsenal back a lot they were able to high press them at times and cause them problems in that way uh, but they also did their really good low blocking stuff as well and I shared mm. a, a shot map in my video showing you you know the area that Sean Dyche likes to talk about that v-shape in the in yeah. the penalty box and just not allowing any really good chances in that in that space so yeah. Sean Dyche doing Sean Dyche things but with a bit of a twist well very enjoyable uh, video I do encourage people to go and watch that would you like to hear uh, JJ would you like to hear Steve's joke yes Steve's joke is um, Everton rolled the dice and got the reward. What do you rate out of 10? Is there not like a second bit now? Shouldn't there be like another bit which has got another pun in it? That's true. And actually, the reward, I guess, if it was related to dice, maybe a four, four out of 10? Five? People like to use the Daesh part of his name as the pun, but no one uses the Sean bit. Yeah, they? who did we say that about the other day? There was someone who had a really obvious surname with the pun name, and we thought it would be funny if you just we used did it with Matt him. instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean of his prizes or something. Yeah. Sean of his tactical acumen. Yeah. I'm using Sean as in shearing a sheep in the past tense. James McNicholas wrote a piece, JJ, there, uh, saying that, you know, we've seen all about why Arsenal could win the league. Perhaps with this game, we see why maybe they won't. Now, of course, that was written before Manchester City then went and screwed it on Sunday. But um, it's an interesting point, isn't it? What did you see in Arsenal in this game that suggested that um, could there be a twist at the end? I think this is the kind of team that Arsenal absolutely could lose to, and they did, obviously. Uh, who would have like you can't manufacture the kind of uh, motivation that those players might have had brand new with Sean Dyche coming in as a manager, uh, um, totally changing the way they trained that week. He's going through things like the bleep test, which mm-hmm. um, I don't think is for him to try and measure their uh, physical their ability. No. He's just trying to get them to run, run, and yeah. like realize have like a mental shift change, basically, just change the way they think about what they're doing at work. And uh, get yeah. them running hard so they know that they're, this is a different kind of place they're in now. It's not what it was before. Running towards the future. Exactly. Exactly. Running towards the future. Running towards space. Sean Dyne in space. Could you say that they are now shorn of their misapprehensions about yeah. what the game is about? And so the kind of team that Arsenal could lose to is one who's going to be really up for the fight. Could probably like act like battle them on the pitch and just take them with being hard and smashing things away but they weren't yeah. they weren't properly old school like, it was very tactically clever what they did like, John's video explains it all really well but, and you need to see it to be able to talk about it I think mm. uh, and then like 
I think Arsenal will do fine against other teams. It's just like, like that motivation they would have had for this game, like I say, you can't manufacture it. So that, they've got that lucky bit coming up. It just made sense. The only way Everton would ever have won this game is if they changed their manager right before it and that manager was John Dice. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way they could have done it. It's quite smart in that way of yeah. looking at it, isn't it? You know, well, They had yeah. to run a lot, though. Like he, Sean Dyche is always going to want your, to have double coverage on the floor. All I can hear when you say Sean, no, it's the <laughs> other meaning of the word. Sean Dyche. Um, the goal yeah. corner as well, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but look, just loads of run. He, he talks about it in his um, coach's voices video, which again is very good. People should go and watch that. Mm. He talks about running the hard yards, and you can see that in that game where there's so many situations where you see the wide players having to drop in super deep in in those moments when the when Arsenal are, are transitioning, and it you can see the benefit that it has because they just didn't allow any easy chances, and that's. That is not a tactically difficult thing to get your head around, but it is a really hard thing to get players to do because mm. a lot of the time that doesn't happen. I think in the in the Liverpool Wolves game, the final goal that Wolves scored, yeah. you can see Thiago Alcantara just not getting back in the same way. And that's what you have to get as a manager for those teams. You have to get the buy-in for players to put the effort in and get them to see that putting the effort in, effort in actually does have yeah. that. And when it doesn't work, even though they've put that in, if it doesn't work, then the manager just doesn't have any power. Because <laughs> yeah. even though they do exactly everything right, they're letting a go like that, and they'll go, well, it didn't work, so I don't like this, and then you don't get the buy-in. It doesn't yeah. work. So you have to start off well. Yeah, okay. Very interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing more of um, Everton's results as opposed to games, but I mean, it sounds like they were interesting and fun. You would, one would expect now, if they have the quality and the ability to beat Arsenal, that uh, maybe they can evade relegation. With Arsenal, of course, I think we said outside before we started, it's um, a little bit of luck there with Man City losing as well, otherwise perhaps the narrative coming out of the weekend would be a little bit different. Yes. Uh, but there are some, some tough months ahead for that title challenge. Not over, is it? Fine. Let's also discuss now... Uh, Manchester United 2 1 Crystal Palace JJ Rashford scored again that's quite a lot of goals now isn't it was this one was it a good one this one this goal is one of the best goals under Eric Ten Hag it is it shows how United have changed from the old ways so they're no longer like they just look like a Ten Hag team now to me and this goal so sure enough it's like a 14 pass build up but if you go back, I've watched back from the bits before the, the, the goal, you can go back another like three, four minutes or something like that mm. uh, before they have to reset with a throw in and, and uh, start again. Like they just have total control, moving from side to side. Palace can't get near them, nor do they really want to. They're just letting them play and then they move it from side to side. Really nice passing moving. Wan Bissaka's playing through the middle like a number 10 during the move. Like that, you didn't see he's, that coming. He seems to really have improved in the last few months, doesn't he, Wan Bissaka? Yeah, he had a lot of stuff going on and then he seems to be playing well now. I don't know. Has Dallow been dropped or he's just. He's injured. Injured, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, I think it might have just been a lot of confidence lacking. He looks better on a bit better on the ball. There was a game he played recently, I can't remember what it was, where he didn't look incredible but here like they say he's moving into the midfield positions that we thought maybe he wouldn't be very good at because he's not great on the ball and there are better players than him at doing that and it ends with Rashford finishing really smartly in the middle of the penalty area it's a really lovely ten hag pass and move positional play yeah keeping them squished in kind of move very different football to what we've seen under Solskjaer and Ragnick in the past so it's going forward that yeah, okay. John, I'm distancing myself from, from this comment, but Steve's put in the plan, are the Red Devils creeping into the title race? That was Steve. I didn't say that. It's nothing to do yeah, with I would, me, I, Steve. I would also that. like to distance myself from... Should we all distance ourselves yeah. from Steve? 
I feel like maybe we could... Speed up. <laughs> the, the very... An excellent use. I want to get closer to Steve now. Very well played. That's him done, though, now. Well, also, that's it. That's the end of the yeah. podcast. You speed us along to the end there. Fine. Fine by me. Uh, JJ, to wrap up, I'd like to hear the remaining three animals that were in space. In please. Sean Dyche's voice. Uh, I clicked on to a video instead about the story of Soviet space dogs... And then they put them in, you know, the anti no, the gravitational thing when you test how many G's they can withstand. They the put the dogs the in that. How do you? How can there. you test how many G's a dog can withstand? Like, how do you assess that? Just like ask it afterwards. Oh, John, <laughs> do you know what the first animal in space was? A human. You'll never get it. Fruit flies. The humble fruit flies. Oh, is that this yeah. would have been well ahead of that. Fruit flies, they, monkeys, they said mice, monkeys and dogs. D- dogs ahead of humans. Tortoises, and... frogs, spiders. What a stupid fish. thing for me to say. Tardigrades. Tardigrades? I've never heard of a tardigrade. They're also known as water bears. Water bears? Now that would be a good animal. That's a bit m- misleading for people listening who also haven't heard of tardigrades. They're microscopic invertebrates. Yeah. <laughs> water bears. And uh, nematodes. And that's T-O-D-E-S as opposed to nam- nematodes. sounds like a sort of... Children's in, cartoon on Saturday afternoons. Nematodes, nematodes. Well, did you know it? Nematodes also. Don't know what they are. Nematodes. Oh, they're also called roundworms. Fine. Can plants be grown in space? Maybe they can. JJ Bull, uh, thank you. Hello. And uh, uh, John McKenzie. Nearly called you Sean Dyche. Would you care to make one final Sean pun? Uh, no. No. Good stuff. That is always a blocker, aren't you? John Just a Dyche. big blocker. John <laughs> Dyche. Sean Dyche. Sean. John Dyche. Yeah. I don't know if I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Steve's run out of speed ups. Yeah. All right, Steve. I've seen the whole thing, really. The whole thing? You're mm. reflecting on the whole episode? Yeah, just thinking back on it. What, you been want, a bit bitty, hasn't get it? Get a bit yeah. of a rating of it for, for it now? don't know. Have we, have we done much analysis of anything? No. Nope. Not really. We did some. I liked learning about other animals in space. Yeah. It just feels what would you give this podcast episode as a rating out of 10? I would give it, I, I won't tell <laughs> my friends to listen to this as the first one. Yeah, yeah. I, might, I will I tell my friends not a, to listen to this. I, the, the, my, my version of that is like, do I retweet the tweet or not? Yeah. And if I'm not especially proud of the episode, I'll just, I'll just leave it. But if I, if I think it's a good one, I'll retweet it. You know, haven't retweeted for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's indictment of my work, isn't it? <laughs> Not you, Steve. Can you give us a sort of just basic outro? This is still the end of the podcast, isn't it? We're going to keep that bit in, aren't we? Are we? I think this podcast has been great. Yeah? Yeah. I've had a really good time. I think we've covered so much stuff. I don't I think agree. we could have analysed anything any better. I think this has been one of the best podcasts that we've ever done. I can't wait to retweet it. Yes, I can't wait to throw my promotional support behind it as an indicator of how much I respect and admire the work of both of you and myself. Imagine the aliens found a bear in a rocket. <laughs> what they would do with that. Thanks uh, everybody. See you next week. Bye and be Anvenue. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right.
The Athletic.